What is up, Irish fans? It is Greg Schaefer in the house. Mark Hissom's here. This is the Locked On Irish Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. What is up, Mark? How are you, man? I'm doing great, buddy. Go Irish. Go Irish, indeed. Finished up a 10-2 and regular season yesterday with a win over the tree. Uh, always nice to beat those guys. Um, before we get going too much further here, we are at Locked On Irish on Twitter. We'll have the Facebook page up and going here very shortly. Um, find us on all podcast apps. We are the official Notre Dame podcast of the Locked On Podcast Network. Remember, that is Locked On Irish. Tell your friends, anybody a Notre Dame fan, we are out there. So, big win. We do have a lost episode out there that we did yesterday. We're not real sure what happened to it, but... It's in 12-second blocks if you need us to send it to you So it, because it's not being released. Too much work to get it back out there. But uh, one thing we talked about is uh, happy Thanksgiving to all. And, uh, Mark, again, how was your Thanksgiving, buddy? Uh, mine was great. Uh, good food. Great company as usual. How was yours? Too much Too much food, right? Oh, yeah. Always. always yeah. Just feel miserable when you're done. Not bad, man. It's always busy. Uh, family on opposite si- opposite corners of the of the universe, essentially. So I start my day at... 7 a.m. getting out and playing Turkey Bowl, which I so happened to notice you weren't there to play, and uh, even though you were right across the road. Um, so uh, maybe next year I can drag you out there, but it always makes me feel better about eating just a big mess of food. So. Man, do they sell full-body braces? <laughs> I'll find you one. All right. I will find you one. So as we said, uh, Irish took care of business yesterday. Kind of a lackluster performance to start. I mean, Stanford takes their first drive all the way down the field. It's 7-0. Uh, you know, final score, 45-24. The game wasn't in doubt. It seemed like after after we got up, I wasn't nervous anymore. But I will say real quick, we didn't even get to see really the first two drives because thanks a lot, Fox, uh, locally here, we had the displeasure of watching the Ohio State postgame press conference which was apparently breaking news over a national broadcasted game. Yeah, uh, somebody needs to sue somebody for that. And it's not even because I'm a Notre Dame fan. And I said this yesterday as I was watching the game. If the, if Notre Dame had a postgame presser over a top of an Ohio State, you know, game or Alabama or anything like that, it's unacceptable. It's a national it's a nationally broadcast game. Put that on Fox 10 or whatever, whatever Fox affiliate you can put it on it, but it's a national broadcasted game. People want to watch that. I mean, I don't even care if it's Tulane and coastal Carolina. I don't care the game. If it's nationally televised, I don't care. Uh, it does, you know, there's no place for local post game press conferences on there. It's just, yeah, I agree. They stuck it on, uh, Fox's Spanish channel. Fox Deportes. Yeah. But, uh, not, I mean, that's not a part of your, Regular not, not cable package. Typical yeah. package. So we didn't get to see the first touchdowns. Um, actually, yeah, the first two touchdowns. So I do have the drive chart up here. Um, I'll probably try to go back through and watch it. Um, it did look like they just pretty much went right down the field. Nine yards, 13 yards, 20, 24 yards, uh, five yards, uh, touchdown completion. I mean, uh, that's typical Notre Dame stuff. It's rainy. The team's four and seven, which that's crazy to think Stanford finished four and eight, by the way. Um, but don't you feel like that is just typical Notre Dame? Let's just roll our helmets out here. Yeah, that's what I said yesterday when you know the weather forecast didn't really hadn't changed yet. You know, it was like here we go again. But you know, as we as as it got uh, later in the day, the forecast did change a little bit. It looked like the rain was going to go south. So I don't think it really rained too hard or too much during the actual game. Yeah, I, I don't think it did either. The field conditions were a nightmare. Oh, yeah. Though. And I think that's something that guys have to get used to after playing on turf so much is that, um, you know, you just got to get those those longer cleats in there. And it, and it is kind of rare now. I mean, we cover high school football locally, and even the high school teams, for the most part, you're playing on turf. 
Oh yeah, I mean, I don't, yeah. Do they still carry two sets of cleats? I mean, what? I I'm sure they do. I mean, you all would the think. Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe Notre Dame could do a fundraiser or something <laughs> and get some money to get some. I mean, extra it is cleats. Under Armour. They may only make one shoe. Yeah, they might. They might. So, uh, I mean, I do like the fact that we responded. Five plays, eighty yards. Uh, Tony Jones Jr. was actually the key piece of um, key piece of the offense, and I think they used him exactly on that second drive how they should have. You know, you got Tommy Tremble taking the first catch, ten yards. Okay, fine. But you got then we got Komet involved right away. Should have been a thing all season long. Then you get Tony Jones, twenty-four yard com- pass completion and a sixteen yard pass completion for a touchdown to finish the drive. That is what Tony Jones is at this point in his career. He is a nice back, a uh, nice number two, a great number two. We take Tony Jones on any team, good teammate, but he's his biggest threat is out of the backfield. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and I kind of talked about that in our lost episode. We we needed to throw the ball to set up our running game. So, I mean, r- rushing-wise, we didn't didn't do too bad. But then passing-wise, he, Book and had a great day. Tony Jones had a great day uh, out of the backfield. Komet, okay. Um, and uh, I don't know. I just – it's Notre Dame football this year. I mean, what more can I say? Yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy that we're this disappointed over a 10-2 and, and two season, in my opinion. It, it's just very frustrating that it, it's come to that. And I think, it, again, it comes all the way back. We've said it 100 times. You listen to any episode, it goes all the way back to how we lost to Michigan. If we lose that game close, we feel a lot better about ourselves about this 10-2, and two, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree because, you know, preseason we all – pretty much said 10 and 2 was yep. well, what we thought was going to happen but now that it's happened it does not feel good for sure and it definitely has to do with that Michigan loss yeah especially after watching them get of course I don't know if I would have wanted to beat Georgia I mean this is just strictly fan perspective I don't want to beat Georgia on the road biggest game of the season highest price ticket and then lose like that to Michigan no uh, yeah no. that would be something they could hang over our heads forever I mean to think that that performance is what kept us out. Uh, real quick here, if you're listening to this, this was recorded on a Sunday. This is your Monday episode, but a breaking news just come across the wire. USC just fired Clay Helton. Oh. So uh, sometimes subjects just fall in your wow. lap. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know if they were going to pull the trigger because I've heard they pull back on actually wanting Urban Meyer. I, I heard that's not a thing anymore. Um, so well, I don't know who... today. The, yeah, I don't know who they're going to get. I mean, these they say a lot. So it's hard to tell. I mean, I don't even know who would be a good fit there. I mean, they have to get the right guy this time around, but it seems like that program's kind of in shambles a little. Yeah, I mean, it has to be Urban. I mean, well, who else are you gonna? Well, who else is gonna do it? I don't know. I mean, it makes sense. It would be it would be the natural next step. I heard he's, you know, spending a lot of time out there with uh, Fox and things like that. So I mean, I mean isn't that what he does? Just you take a team that's you know down on their luck and and build them back up. Yeah, a traditional powerhouse, a la Florida, Ohio State, um, and then build them back up. And I mean, he's a great coach. I I can't stand the guy personally, but I, there's no denying how good he is. In fact, I've often thought that he's better than Saban, in my opinion, because everywhere he's went, he's won. I mean, D'Antonio has actually been more successful at Michigan State than um, Saban was. You know, Saban didn't do well in the NFL. Saban's big jobs were LSU and uh, Alabama. And not to say everybody could do it, because if they could, they'd just do it. Um, but bottom line is, is like the, the big jobs is when he's had a, as much success as he had. 
I mean, if you remember, his Dolphins project was fail at best. Oh, that was that was hard to watch. Yeah, for sure. But you don't care about Saban. But uh, interesting news for Notre Dame's rival. Again, it won't be breaking news to you when you listen to this, but it just came across our wire as we're recording right now. So, um, yeah, back to the game a little bit here. Uh, you know, Tony Jones, again, you know, better day catching um, despite, you know, the two catches – there was only two catches of the day on the first drive, but they were key because when Stanford, that's how Stanford could stay in this game. They needed to score first. They needed to be first early often, and they did. They got out 17-7 at one point. Um, and to have a first drive like that and respond um, is huge. And I find those two catches to be, you know, a real key piece to us staying in the game and and not necessarily letting this thing get out of, get out of hand because we're talking about a whole different game if it's 17 nothing. Uh, or seventeen to three, as opposed to seventeen seven. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I have no idea how how would uh, you know how's Booking respond to something like right. that. And he looked pretty comfortable yesterday, so you know, not letting it get out of hand probably helped him. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely helped him. Um, but again, it comes back to the running game is just a mess right now. I mean, it's still a mess. It's been a mess. Um, you know, Tony Jones led the led the way. Fourteen carries, fifty two. Yeah. You know, Jafar Armstrong did have three carries for 44, but his long was of 28. Uh, Book, uh, eight carries, 40. Sebo, you know, he he looks electric when he has the ball in his hands. Five carries, 21 yards. Braden Lindsey, four carries, 48 yards. And then Jameer Smith, three carries for four yards. And it didn't seem like they even got Jameer involved until later, later in the game. Yeah, I mean, if you look at, I mean, you got to get the ball to Lindsey. I mean, he's got to be a critical part of the offense going forward. Uh, it should have been earlier in the season because, I mean, every time the guy touches the ball, he's averaging, you know, well over what we normally average. And in the, in the, just yesterday, I mean, he had four carries, 48 yards, just 12 yards per carry. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, receiving, he had uh, two two catches for 48 yards, another 24 yards on average. So why why would you not get the, the, get the ball to, to that guy as much as possible? Absolutely. Uh, right up against a break here on the other side, we'll continue the discussion to breaking down the uh, Notre Dame-Stanford game. Before we do, uh, shout out our, to our friends at Audible. Audible has the world's largest selection of audio books and audio entertainment. Start listening with a 30-day Audible trial. Choose one audio book and two audio originals absolutely free. Visit audio.com slash locked. That is audio.com slash locked on listing on the go. If you can't visit Audible right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On Sponsors at Locked On Podcast slash offers. Let's take a break. And we are back at it. Locked On Irish. We are recording first day of December here. You will be hearing this on the second day of December. Can't believe it's already here. I can't believe football season's already over. I was a definitely a piece of sadness uh, leaving Dempsey's yesterday. We do our game watches at a really... Really sad, just that it's over. Um, but ten wins, you, you can't beat that. Um, and, and going back to the game here, it's like I, I feel like one of the things that we played to our strengths and played to really the weakness of Stanford was Chase Claypool yesterday. I mean, Chase Claypool was an absolute monster. Um, you know, Ian Book was pretty efficient. He didn't throw any ints, which is nice. You know, anytime you don't throw any picks, you got to feel really good about that. Yeah, Brian, Brian Kelly talked about his confidence yesterday. That that was a big key uh, to his success yesterday, and that's good to hear. I mean, hopefully that's what it was because he's had a uh, you know rough season in his head. Mm-hmm. 
And the line protected him pretty well. I feel like they've protected him relatively well all season. You know, they only had the one sack in the game. So, you know, I feel like the, the line's done a good job of protecting him. They don't really struggle pass blocking. It's run blocking. Yeah. Again, we've talked about it before. The injuries that they've had, you know, you would think there would be this significant drop-off. I haven't noticed really anything. No, yeah, just the, the run blocking's been atrocious no matter who's in there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's not really been much drop-off. And I don't know if that's coaching. I mean, I'm watching the Bears. I'm a Bears fan. Harry he stands with the Bears now, and you know, honestly, they they're not much better run blocking. Um, and, and you know, Joe Jeff Quinn. I always thought it was great to have a former head coach in a position coach role. I mean, we have three head coaches on the team with Pulliam with the special teams and Coach Kelly, obviously, and then having um, having Quinn as the um, line coach. But man, I, I just don't see improvement like we did with Heastand. No, I mean, I still take it back to play calling. I mean, when we're playing behind the sticks or, you know, it's first and 10, then second and 10, and then third and nine, I mean, it's tough. I mean, we're not, our play calling is, we're not setting ourselves up the way that we used to. Yeah, uh, I do like the fight in this team because despite the slow start, um, you know, we got out and got after it enough to get the ball back before halftime, and we scored to go up at halftime. And I can't emphasize enough how big I think it was to be in the lead at halftime for our confidence. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's no matter no matter how you look at it, and it's an away game at Stanford. Uh, 17 people are in the crowd. Yeah, so – and the weather, which is – Notre Dame is not, has proven that they cannot play in the weather for some reason. No. Not even when the other team wants to lose. I go back to, I've said it a million times before. I go back to the NC State Hurricane game. NC State did not want to win. They didn't care. They were just playing that game to get through it. And Notre Dame did everything in their power to lose it because they were literally just run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. And for some reason, Coach Kelly thought it was 95 degrees and a sunny day. Oh, and we threw the ball. I think it was over 30 times yeah. with Kaiser. And ultimately, we lost on a block field, a block pun. I mean, it was yeah. really who's going to screw up first. Well, your chances of screwing up are a whole lot worse when you go with that kind of game plan in those conditions. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's taking it back to that game. I mean, people were losing their minds, mm-hmm. you know, over the amount of passes we attempted in that game. So, I mean, but again, the weather held off. So, you know, they adjusted, and Book had a great day. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely a really good day. Um, I was impressed by our defense because we could have really struggled yesterday. Um, you know, at first, obviously not. You're giving up 17 points to a seven-loss team. But we really, after halftime, the defensive ju- adjustments were there uh, to, to really to slow them down. So, overall, I'm not, like, jumping up and down about their performance. You gave up 24 points. But, you know, I'm pretty, pretty pleased with the fact that, uh, you know, the adjustments were there. And I think that's a credit to Clark Lee. I think we have a hell of a D coordinator on our staff. Yeah, defense has been solid. I mean, it's been solid for the most part. I mean, it has a couple letdowns, but how about that Isaiah Foskey? I was just that getting to punt that. punt block, man. That changed the whole game. Now, Foskey is on his last game. That's the last time you'll see him this year. That's his fourth game. But, uh, wow, um, man, that and that cha- really did change things. I mean, tremendously, tremendously changed things because at that point it's still 17-7. to um, You know, just a great, great play by Foskey. And, I mean, that just flashes what he is going to be. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the guy's – he's got all the measurables. Uh, and he's got – it looks like he's got the, the you know, the uh, – I hate to say mean streak, but – it's true. He, he plays tough. Yeah, he plays tough. He plays like he wants to hurt you when he hits you. I mean, and he's just you, – you can't train what his body is. Um, yeah. Now, I will say the three plays it took us to get into the end zone made me a little uh, – I mean, just – 
I mean, I, again, back to the running game. It all comes back to the line and not being able to create a hole. You, you had a one-yard loss. You you had a one-yard run on the one-yard line, and now we're still back at the one, and it takes a, a great catch by Tommy Trimble for me and Book just to snag it out of the cornerback's hands. Yeah, we had a false start too, didn't we? Uh, let's see. Run for a loss of one. Yeah, false start, which might have helped. I mean, I even said before yeah. the play, I even said I think they should take a delay a game and – Sometimes when you these new age offenses that aren't built that way, that aren't built to just grind it out, and you don't have a great offensive line, we don't. Let's call a spade a spade. You almost need more space to score, unless you can just punch it in first down. Guy on defense made a mistake, or the guy on offense just had a, ni- a nice play. You, you kind of need more space to spread the team out. Well, those boundaries become kind of a a twelfth and thirteenth defender. Yeah, sometimes. I mean, yeah, going back to the offensive line, though. I mean that kind of that's kind of concerning that you know you can't line up behind your 300 plus pound offensive line and just push people off the ball especially a seven loss team yeah for sure Notre Dame I mean we lived on that for ever I mean they were the the offensive line had attitude Mm -hmm. you know I don't sense that with this line well we also had some very very elite guys too and that's not to say that um, these guys can't become elite that comes down to just developing guys but as of right now, they're not developed. These aren't Quentin Nelson. There's no McGlinchies out there. There's no, um, you know, Jeff Fain. This, yeah, Jeff Fain, Jordan Black. Um, yeah. You know, the, Ronnie the, Stanley. Ronnie Stanley. Yep. That's who I was thinking of. Uh, Ravens. Um, there's no Zach Martins out there right now. There's just not. I mean, Tommy Kramer and Eichenberg are nice players, uh, but they're not even out there, right? Or Kramer's not. He's hurt. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just tough. And it is, it's tough too when you think about how well, how well or how deep actually are we with, with the recruiting and things like that? I mean, I feel like our backups should be able to bowl in from one yard out against Stanford. I, I just do. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, it's – again, man, I, I, I think it's play calling. Play calling um, has, has allowed these guys to be complacent with pass blocks. I mean, pass blocking instead of run blocking. It's almost like they don't even focus on it in practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just don't look sharp. Um, coming out of halftime, you know, we're, we finally go up 21-17. Uh, coming out of halftime, you know, we, ha- we had a decent drive going. And then, uh, you know, finally, uh, Jonathan Doerr finally missed a kick, which really surprised me. He's been a really – he's been speaking of surprises, he's been a nice surprise this year. Um, Doerr's been really reliable. Nice leg. Yeah, that kick broke twice. So I don't know what kind of putting green he was on. Yeah. That thing was left then right. So yep. I'm not sure what happened with that one. But, uh, you know, this goes back to how our defense played yesterday. And, and again, we gave up 24 points to a seven-loss team, not jumping up and down. But I was very impressed by the second half because, you know, our opportunity to put this game away came from the first drive. Well, we go down, we miss a field goal. Now Stanford has a chance to take the lead. And looking at the drive charts right now, you know, Stanford goes three and out. They go three and out on their second drive. And then Notre Dame scores on their uh, third drive of the second half. I mean, I mean, right there alone, there was time for Stanford to jump back in this game, and the defense just stepped up. With you know, three and outs is exactly what you're looking for. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the defense has bailed us out all year long. So, yeah, yeah, and you know that that drive to go up twenty eight seventeen was finished off by who but who Chase Claypool touchdown eight yards out. I mean. You know, but it's still mistakes that were involved. You had an illegal motion on Lawrence Keys on the play. I mean, it's like it is week twelve or week fourteen, right? I mean, come on, guys, it, it it's just inexcusable sometimes. Yeah, I mean the defense is. I mean, I'm still excited for defense for next season. I mean, you got a lot of guys back. Uh, Drew White had a nice nice season. 
obviously Hamilton is mm-hmm. here to to prove a lot. Yeah, he's. I don't know what we're gonna do with him next year. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. So we're right up against another break. Let's give a shout out to our uh, sponsors, and we'll be right back. All right, Locked On Irish podcast, final segment, your Monday edition of Locked On Irish. It'll be all set and ready for your Monday morning drive. Stoked to be back with you guys. Uh, just to finish up, talk about the Stanford game yesterday, and um, tomorrow we'll be getting to uh, just what we can look forward to as far as bowl projections, what we're hearing right now, potential opponents. I uh, want to get into ranking our opponents, something we talked about on the Black Friday show that we can't get uploaded um, then we'll kind of look at the receiving core in 2020, as well as the depth chart and uh, potential fifth-round guys and uh, who we expect back, who we want back, uh, things like that. So um, moving into the fourth quarter, really, um, you know, the defense continued to step up. Um, you know, we we're up 28-17. Uh, you know, we got the ball back. Uh, we, we had to punt right before, uh, right before the fourth quarter. Um, but again, at this point, I feel comfortable about this game. At 28-17... You you got to feel completely good about this, especially from what you've seen from the defense in the third quarter. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it's uh, I never felt stressed for the for Notre Dame game from and from the beginning of this game, even though we missed Stanford score. Yeah, and then exactly. Notre, uh, we missed Thanks, a lot Fox. in the first quarter, but yeah. Um, yeah, I never really felt stressed out over this one, and and that I typically cannot say that on Saturdays. Yeah, and a lot of that again it comes from. You know, I said how important that first drive was. We needed to respond right away because, you know, looking back in hindsight, if you know, knowing they're going to go up 17 points or have a 17 points, you don't want to be down 17 to nothing to a team that this is their bowl game. No, no, not at all. And I even questioned whether Stanford could get up for this game at being at four and seven. But, uh, you know, and, and Billy said, you know, obviously they're going to get up. How long can they sustain it? Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much what happened. Yep. Yep, yep, very much so. So, uh, you know, next first drive of the fourth quarter, uh, that's when Notre Dame really started to take over. Uh, you know, they get up by two touchdowns at this point. Um, that was another one that door kicked, and it had a couple cuts in it, a couple breaks on that putting green. Uh, but, again, the defense just continued to step up, continued to play well. Um, you, you know, Osiris, uh, was it, is it Osiris St. Brown? He's kind of been a disappointment there for Stanford because I know he came in with a lot of accolades and he has not really produced this season. In fact, I'm not even sure that he has a touchdown catch. You know, we really wanted that guy too. Yeah. What year is he now? Uh, that's what I'm going to look at right now because that guy, you know, the, the St. Browns are like the ball family of football. Yeah. They're just less vocal about it more so than anything. Yeah. While you're looking that up though, you know, going back to the defense, you know, you know my boy from Pittsburgh, Heinish. Mm-hmm. You know he had a great game yesterday. I mean he was moving. You know he, whoever was in front of him, he was moving that guy. He made a couple tackles for loss. I mean I love that guy. So you know to see him have a good game was 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 good for South me. Southside getting shrugged off by uh, uh, Davis Mills. That was him that got shrugged off on the sack. Oh yeah. You're like why are you? Bringing oh up? that's right, man. Yeah. Why are you bringing up old stuff? <laughs> Yeah, Cyrus St. Brown. You got to wrap up. <laughs> oh, no doubt. And, and credit to him for shrugging. I mean, that was perfect timing. I he mean, just rolled with the just punch. Just rolled with the punch, yeah. But uh, Cyrus St. Brown, um, 27 catches, 256 this year. It's okay. No touchdowns. Um, last year, he had 204 on eight catches and one touchdown. I mean, I don't know. With our receiving core right now, I, I don't even know if he's getting much time with us. I really don't, and I know he had a lot of uh, hype coming in to Stanford. It was really surprising that he picked um, that he picked Stanford after you know his brother came to Notre Dame and stuff like that. 
I mean, there's three of them, correct? There is three of them. The other one plays for Syracuse? I thought the other one actually played for USC. Oh, that may be be right on that. I'm not positive. Um, I mean, it's just the last name. I mean, and again, I mean, Stiffers have it on a down year. I mean, they're just not getting the ball to their playmakers. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, that is what it all comes down to is just you got to get you got to get the ball to your playmakers. You got to you got to try to figure out how to get them involved. I mean, and that goes for any team at this point. You know, we just got to try to figure out exactly how to get them involved and sometimes I just feel like Kelly doesn't do a good job of that. I mean, how about while we're at it, how about Braden Lindsay? I mean, exactly. that's what I was saying. I mean, yeah. the guy he's electric when he has it. His plays have all been big for the most part. Um, you know, why not? Yep. I mean, Develop- that that run right there. And that's what I'm talking about. That in the round, just getting the ball in here, playmakers' hands. You know, I said it earlier this week. I was talking about, you know, every time that's not going to go for 60, but you'll take 20, right? So why not run it again? Yeah, right. I mean, if if you have an athlete that has a chance to score every time they touch the ball, you know, going back to Lou Holtz's days. Yeah. If he's got a chance to score every time he touches the ball, he's going to touch the ball all day long. Yeah. Um. Obviously, I, it, it should change for next season. You know, Kelly would be – Stupid not to. Um, but, yeah, you got to get the ball in his hands. I mean, the guy is electric. You know, and even on the plays that he, he doesn't complete, a, you know, doesn't catch the pass on, he's beating everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the other St. Brown, that's right, he is at USC. He He's having a great season. He had uh, 879 yards receiving, seven touch, or six touchdowns this year. I don't know why it wasn't sticking out that he's at USC. I don't know. I must have been thinking about Rocket's brother or something. Yeah, I have so no idea. Who knows? Who knows? We don't know where we're at right now. The missile. Yeah, the missile. Uh, that's, that can be Braden Lindsay's name, the missile, uh, Braden Lindsay. But, man, he, he really set up the dagger. I mean, I, I think that next touchdown was the dagger. And a guy that I cannot wait to see more from, Sebo Flemister finishes off the drive. Just a one-yard touchdown run. But, man, there's something about him and the way he runs. He runs hard. He runs hard. He runs like he's able to put a little move on you. But when he needs to drop his shoulder and go, he can do that as oh, well. Oh, yeah, he has some nice finishes to some runs yesterday. Absolutely. Now, you know, Stanford did get the ball, showed a little fight. Um, not real thrilled about a seven-play, 62-yard drive for a touchdown. Uh, Cameron Scarlett finished up the drive with a nine-yard run. Um, you know, is that just the defense? I mean, it almost feels like we fall in love with our own success. You know, we're 9-2. and two, We're supposed to roll over Stanford. We come in. We get down 17-7. to seven, But then we get up. We, have, we do what we're supposed to do. We're the better athletes. And then we get up by so much, and then we like we pack it in or something. I, I don't understand. Know, it's college football, man. It's I mean, yeah. I, I other than it. the elite teams that are like a you know, I hate to say this out loud. I know, but the team that is you know where we live uh, here in Columbus, Ohio. I mean, they that doesn't really typically happen to those guys or 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 a Alabama per yeah. se. But most college teams, there's up and down throughout the entire game. Every absolutely. Game. Absolutely. There's a lot more teams dealing with crap than we are. I mean, you look at Missouri. I mean, Missouri thought they were really figuring some things out. They, they, uh, Gary Pinkle left. And I'm just giving this example just because, like, and, and there's no excuse Notre Dame should be performing at an elite level, but you have a team like Missouri, kind of upstart under Pinkle. Well, they just fired Barry Odoms over the week, uh, two days ago. Um, and this is a program that I think thought they had it figured out. They're, they joined the SEC. You know, they leave the Big 12. That's a big step. You're joining yeah. one of the best of the best. Well, admit it or not, SEC consistently has been pretty much the best conference. Maybe not at the very bottom or maybe not comprehensively, but they're winning the titles. And then you bring in a guy like Kelly Bryant, who just led Clemson to a title. You got to have, I mean, you got to think, wow, this is incredible. You know, well, you just fired your coach and you're six and six. 
and it makes me question so many things. But uh, my point is, is like we're in a lot better shape than a lot of people want to lead you to believe. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it is Notre Dame. It is a little tougher to recruit that five star athlete, mm-hmm. which you know we're doing a little bit better on. And that's one of my big things to keep Kelly. I mean, we do not. I mean, there's so many people yesterday we watched the game with that sit there and say. Well, if we lose this game, you know, it's a one reason to get rid of Kelly. And it's like, man, but what about the recruits? I mean, that's what I think of. And he's recruiting at a high level right now. We have the number one class in 2021. Yeah, and I don't know if it's just unique to us because we live in in central Ohio. But Kelly, in my opinion, is the best coach available. Uh, You know, most people in this area do not want Urban Meyer coaching Friars. I have no idea how the rest of the country feels about that. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe just be because we live here, but um, I, I like Kelly. I always yeah. have, um, you know, and he has recruited well, and it's getting better. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, um, I think we'll see some changes at, at coordinator this year. Now, honestly, I don't have faith in the fact. I don't think Kelly will win a title. I, I'm not in that camp. But, again, I don't want to Nebraska ourselves. I, I think that's the spitting image of an example that I can give is Nebraska fired two coaches who were consistent 9-11 to 11 win teams, couldn't get over the hump. But you got Callahan, who was a joke. Pelini takes over, 9-10 wins a year. And now you're, you know, you're, you're backpedaling again. You know, Gary Anderson wasn't the answer. And now Scott Frost, he, he's, he's your last hope in, in Nebraska. And I don't want to be that. I don't want to go back to four wins. I don't want that to ever be a thing. And honestly, yes, we'll talk about tomorrow, the bowl possibilities. This Camping World Bowl thing is just because of some bowl agreements. We should be in a New Year's Six Bowl. Uh, it's got a nice payout. But the bottom line is it is a nice. It is actually a nice bowl if you if you just do your research. And number two, um, just kind of off the point of not wanting to be 6-6 six and six anymore, I really don't want to be in like the Micron PC Blockbuster Bowl anymore. Like No, and I wonder if that has any sway on the uh, selection committee's votes. You know, they're like, hey, Notre Dame is going to be in a Cape World Bowl no matter what. They're not going to make the playoffs. So just leave them where they are. Who cares? Yeah. So we will talk about that tomorrow. will be our first subject. So uh, appreciate you listening. Check us out on Twitter at Locked On Irish. Uh, we are all over the place. We are on probably SoundCloud, iTunes, Megaphone. I know for sure Spotify. Make sure you're checking us out. That is the Locked On Irish podcast, the official Notre Dame podcast of the Locked On Podcast Network. So until tomorrow, go Irish.